This is the Alternative Leader Podcast with Mary Williams, inspiring the leaders of today, getting to the grit and discovering the gold with powerful insights and learnings, helping us to lead with strength, determination, and compassion. Welcome to the Alternative Leader Podcast. My name is Mary Williams. Today's guest is Anna McAfee. Anna is a LinkedIn trainer, community strategist, and an author. Anna's work is focused on helping people and businesses to build better and more authentic communications and connections, as well as empowering companies and brands to create and scale their own communities. But the reason that I actually invited Anna on today is that she created the hashtag LinkedIn Local Movement. Now, if you don't know LinkedIn Local, you'll find this podcast really fascinating because what started out as a small idea to bring her local community together became a global initiative. It spread to over a thousand cities in 96 countries. So here Anna talks about the trials and tribulations of setting up that community, how it began, where it went and how it ended. Thank you, Anna. So Anna, you um, set up the LinkedIn local movement and I remember it was funny because I spoke to you I think almost the week that you had done it was when we first met and it made me smile because I had been going to do the same thing in Cambridge and then I spoke to you and was like oh well Anna's done it she's got this really nice tag you know I'll just do it under under this sort of it was hashtag LinkedIn local wasn't it at the time Um, and then it just went absolutely crazy (laughs) I found it absolutely fascinating and almost kind of relieving that I then hadn't done it (laughs) to sit back and just watch this sort of global movement come from from this one thing you'd done so first of all for for those people that don't know LinkedIn Local if there are any out there how how did it start take me kind of back to the beginning it started uh when I was having some conversations with some local connections of mine here in Australia, in Coffs Harbour. We had very low engagement rates on LinkedIn. We were having some, you know, just literally in the newsfeed within each other's posts. And I'd realised through LinkedIn search there was a lot of interesting people locally and I'd never met them before. And so anyway, it it started through actually a connection of mine said, well, if our engagement's so low, why don't we meet up? Um, I thought, well, that's an interesting idea where maybe we could do that. So two weeks later, I put up a post on LinkedIn and said, I'm going to host a LinkedIn local who wants to come. Um, and I put a, an afterthought, which was a hashtag at the end of it. Um, <laughs> and within, I think, two hours, we had Alexandra in London and Eric in Brussels. And then a week later, there was Manu in New York. So mm. we had four people in four countries, four <laughs> co-founders of this movement, and it just exploded from mm-hmm. there in within the two years so this was happened this began in June 2017 mm-hmm. um, and by March 2019 uh, we were in 96 countries in over 1,000 no 650 cities with over 1,000 hosts in our host community amazing and what amazing. it was ultimately we were a host community of people creating meetups in local cities around the world. Um, and so 
the impact we don't know because it all sold mm. tickets but based on the number of events i think we we in, in during that that time up until march 2019 um the impact it probably impacted over 300,000 people <laughs> had been to um events just in those first two years um we'd had a lot of conversations with linkedin but we it was ultimately a not-for-profit none of us made any money none of us charged any money we did this whole mentoring process we had this um host community that we ran and um this really tight-knit group of hosts and um a lot of discussions with linkedin and so i only know the numbers until march 2019 <laughs> um it did continue to grow after that we stepped away from managing that community mm. at that time based on linkedin's um terms that they released we were mm. kind of no longer needed essentially um mm. as community managers and yeah so it continued to grow up until March 2020 and then it's obviously significantly dropped off Um, (laughs) no more meeting locally (laughs) no but um lots of cities are picking back up again which is Mm. nice to see Mm. I mean that is just you know I mean I like I said I watched it explode over those two years and and became a host myself you know in Cambridge and it was just fascinating and it was that lovely sense of you know, almost that people were instant friends if they were part of that community, which, you know, I thought was absolutely wonderful. Um, but but I remember sitting back looking at that thinking, wow, you know, to, to, to be the person that started that, to be even the four of you that started that, that, that has to have an impact. Because I know that when I was interviewing on LinkedIn and I, I set up, you know, that challenge that I think we first met through, I think, um, which was 100 conversations in 100 days, you know, I only got to 56 of that because that was eating my entire working life trying to organize it. You know, I've kind of picked it back up in these podcasts and, uh, you know, I just had to call it quits in the end because I was like, OK, I'm literally spending all day doing this thing and not earning any money. So, you know, that impact of 300,000 people, 96 countries, 650 cities. I mean, what was the impact on your life? Quite profound um, in that I think it absolutely drove my deep sense of purpose and why um I just adored it and to this day I couldn't honestly say if I could just be paid to run that community I would have just done it forever um unfortunately that wasn't quite on the cards but um so it really helped me find my purpose and that was one of the reasons I was just so passionate about continuing to drive it um I was also this like I mean the story behind it was it's like well how far can this go like I mean literally like what you know let's just see how far it can go and we sort of got the answer in the end we Mm. we realized how far it could go but um but yeah I I guess there was this sense of wonder as well even as 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 Mm. a founder it was like well wow and I mean the stories why you I was receiving from people all over the world, like this has completely changed my life. Um, you know, we had some just some incredible stories. So that from an impact perspective was really positive. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side to that, it was it ate up an enormous amount of time and mm-hmm. it it drove me away. And I mean, by choice, I was not working, I was not seeking clients so much as I was seeking hosts if that makes sense yeah so um my income certainly did did drop but I was at the phase of starting my business so there was some some helpful Mm. um or sort of restarting after maternity leave Mm. but the other I guess the impact side of things was um I had a one-year-old and a two-year-old time no one yeah one and a two-year-old when I started that um 
and almost three-year-old. And I, I mean, I would just like it, it. And then of course the requests that we got and the demands and the people that, you know, there was some really strange requests we used to get and some disputes we had to get involved with. Wow. And that was, that really took its toll on me because mm. we had to, I mean, it, you know, we, we had to make some decisions about taking people out of it, but mm. that was not why we wanted to do it. And again, none of yeah. us were doing it for money. It was yeah. all sort of, and so that in between the caring of young children, mm. I mean, I really burnt out. And when LinkedIn released some terms after, you know, nine months of discussion mm. with us, you know, released some terms which met, which very much validated the idea, um, but ultimately stripped the community of its values, which meant mm. there was no real need for, for us to continue running, mm. Um, mm. running mentoring and things like yeah. that because, um people could literally just follow some very very basic terms and mm. do what they wanted with mm. it um and i think when i read those terms there was this really deep sense of just feeling like okay there was this sort of almost grief period of mm. just not like wow like mm. it was sort of a hit in the mm. gut but there was also this very deep sense of relief for me yeah um yeah that I could, it took me quite a few months to actually put my, put my finger on, but there was like, okay, I actually don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, my services are no longer required. And as heartbreaking as that was, it was mm. also in a way quite, um, quite relief mm. Mm. Um, because I could just go back to my family and just concentrate on them because, and I mean, here was the thing I was, you know, constantly on my phone. Like I remember my daughter, you know, when she was about four, just like shouting at me, like, can you just put your phone down? And it's like, mm-hmm. when you hear that from a child, young yeah. child, you're like, yeah, wow, that's, that's, that's not, that's not good parenting. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, it had a huge, and, and after that, I mean, I sort of very, became very, very aware of, the burnout that I was going mm. through um, and it took a long time I think to kind of come come mm. back from that. How did you experience that burnout? Look I think for me the first the sign and I even still recognize it now as you go through phases mm. but for me I was the really big thing was I was lacking emotional feeling for right. things that I should really have felt emotional about. Mm -hmm. So something would happen, something that was very sad, Mm -hmm. and I would just sort of brush it off and just completely. Mm -hmm. And I would think about Mm -hmm. it a few days later and go, why why aren't I more upset about this? Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was a few of those occasions that I started to realise, yeah, wow, I'm I'm not emotionally connected to Mm -hmm. other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And... um, and so, yeah, it. Um, I think for me that 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 was like a real recognition. Yeah. Um, and just not, I guess, you know, inability to focus as well. Mm. Um, and I needed to take some time to kind of process mm. everything that was going on, and you know, yeah, remember who you were, remember who I was, yeah, <laughs> and um. It's interesting that you said um, also about it drove a deep sense of purpose and why. What 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 did that clarify for you? So what was your purpose and why? Look, my 
my whole purpose and why is really tied to this whole idea of belonging. Mm. Um, it's mm. why I love communities, but it's also why I get very deep into sort of, I guess, I guess the whole idea of equity um, mm. and, mm. and, you know, uh, I, I, I've just I've just spent nine months participating in a community that is very much focused on earth and equity and mm. um, how we kind of gather as community and 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 uh, that sort of sense of sense of gathering and what it kind of means from mm. different aspects of indigenous thinking and different aspects of um, you know minority um, yeah. values yeah. and things like that. So so my and the whole thing about LinkedIn Local was. It wasn't that we were, you know, creating all these business networks, mm. which of mm. course we were. It was that people were messaging me saying, this has completely changed my life. Yeah. And I would sit back and I would go, how has this changed your life? <laughs> and it was because people were exposed to new ideas mm. that, was, that mm. were different to what they were used to. And they ultimately felt like they belonged in yeah. these groups um, or it gave them I guess a sense of what LinkedIn Local really did, I think, so well was elevate people as leaders. Yeah. Um, it was a vehicle for people to lead who probably hadn't ever had that opportunity mm. before. Mm. Um, and I think our mentoring process really helped that, um, mm. particularly for those that had never done that kind of thing before. Yeah. And there were many yeah. hosts, probably like yourself, that had, mm. you know, there was a lot of you know, young students or, um, you know, sort of early stage entrepreneurs yeah. who really did thrive in that environment. Mm. And I think it's because they were able to, to elevate as leaders, mm. um, mm-hmm. elevate, you know, and, and develop those leadership skills in ways that they had never done so before. Um, but ultimately for me, it was, it's, it's still around this whole sense of belonging. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of where I, you know, mm-hmm. I always fall down little rabbit holes, and but it's, it's but it's where my sense of community yeah. comes from is that whole belonging piece. Do you not think, uh, as I'm sh- I'm sure you do think, actually, you know, that as human beings, just belonging is an integral part of our our sort of need. You know, it's not something that's a nice to have; it's a it's a need. I think it is, and it comes extends from family, but it extends to so many. It was interesting. I I went to an event last week, um, and there's a very famous um, pro female surfer um, mm. called Lane Beachley, and she was speaking at this event, and she just there was something that she said that just really struck me, which was, um, which was when she was growing up, she said, you know, I realized I belonged in the ocean, and women oh. belong in the ocean, and I was like, <laughs> and so she has like spent her entire career. She's almost 50 now, so she, you know, mm. she's retired, but she spent her entire career just fighting for equal pay in that sport. Mm. And it was just like, you know, women belong in that ocean and yeah. they belong at these competitions. And it was it was just that whole piece again. It's yeah. like, you know, and he was suddenly gender was yeah. about belonging. Um, and yeah, it just it, it always gets me. Mm. It's beautiful, isn't it? So um, thinking of uh, the people that message you in the stories, you went on to write a book, didn't you actually include did, yes. some of those stories? So what, what, tell us the name of the book and where can people find it? It's called How a Hashtag Changed the World. Um, and it's stories, lessons and reflections um, from the LinkedIn local movement. And I think um, it's co-authored by myself and Nicole Johnson um and Nicole was integral to a lot of our communication and um mm. you know 
email sequences <laughs> and all sorts of you know yeah. very much our you know our our communicator um for a lot mm. of the host um you know the social media groups and mm. things like that um but um yeah she was she was our, our comm specialist and Nicole and I had this conversation we actually had a conversation a year in that <laughs> this was like would make such a good book one day. Yeah. And then when we did stop running the host community, there was this sense of I can't let these stories just sit mm. in my inbox. There was some really profound, mm. um, you know, social impact stories mm. um, in terms of, you know, the, the money that was being raised mm. or the sponsorship that was happening through some orphanages in mm. India and just some really incredible mm. stories. So we decided to publish a book um, just about literally the movement, what happened, how we set it up, what kind of our reflect past <laughs> reflections were on it. But the, the middle of the book is all the stories that, um, well, a collection of about 50 yeah. of the stories. Do you have a favourite? Do I have a favourite? Yes, I do. Um, and I think it's my favourite because I didn't actually know the story until yeah. um, after I asked for stories, okay. um, which was um, from Brooke in Baltimore, um, who is transgender. Um, and Brooke was mm-hmm. a, a, a male in all sense of purposes through work mm-hmm. and female on Facebook. Right. And LinkedIn Local was the first time that she was able to go to a professional environment as a female. Um, yeah and it was and she really felt like Mm. that was a really safe place and I think that Mm. you know it's it was an interesting interview for me to do because Mm. it was like yeah wow um Mm. and so yeah so that I guess I don't I'm not sure that it is the best story in the book but it's the one that is really special for me because I just literally it wasn't until I started posting Mm. Mm. and um yeah. I just got yeah. this message to say well I've got an interesting story for you mm. um and so I didn't know until the end it was it was it was a surprise <laughs> yeah. so um and a really nice surprise so um so that's yeah. a, I mean that's an incredibly strong identity story isn't mm. it and actually one of my questions was how how do you think it has affected your identity long term even, even though you're not running it anymore what do you what have you seen the change in yourself Look, I think um, that's a really good question. Um, I guess for me, I mean, it's I'm trying to think of the answer that's different to it certainly helped me find my purpose. Mm. Um, I think it's given me perhaps a sense of um, there is a sense of accomplishment and there is a sense of, I guess, more belief in myself um, Mm. in some aspects, Mm -hmm. um, perhaps not in others. One thing I have noticed since then is the more I read about the whole theory about community building, um, the less confident I feel about it. Whereas I never read any of that when I built one. (laughs) And I think there is a point you can overthink too much and you can overexpose yourself to too much information and not take any action anymore. Um, And so I've certainly, I read some, you know, amazing people I admire in the community space and I think yeah wow like I could never do that and I sort of just stop myself and think actually no I did do that once I'm just not (laughs) perhaps as vocal about it as I should be um but I wonder actually I'm just going to interrupt you on that because I wonder whether you know you have a very calm presence 
And I wonder whether, because I, I see a lot of people in the community space who are very kind of out there and very loud and very extroverted. And I wonder if there was something about your presence which allowed other people who maybe wouldn't have stepped up normally, who who didn't fit that archetypal kind of right, you know, let's go be the showman. And I wonder if there was something about that that kind of said, you know, actually, if Anna can do it, who's calm and quiet, I can do it. And so maybe mm. there was something actually incredibly powerful in that. Yeah, I think there potentially is. I mean, my co-founder, um, Alexandra Galvez, um, we are both introverts and funnily enough, we are both INFJs. So <laughs> the fact that we're both the same personality type, we, I always made us wonder, um, you know, if we actually personality profile all our hosts, we could probably have a lot of very, very similar. So maybe there is something in that. Interesting. Well, look, I'm going to wrap up this. I mean, so much information there and I would definitely encourage people to go buy the book because it was, it was a beautiful thing. I actually found it a beautiful thing to watch happen because I just thought, isn't it wonderful how humans are coming together? And that, that was the thing I loved about it. I, I love kind of community as well. And yeah, I just loved watching people come together and be friends and meet. And certainly my experience as a host was this, yeah, sort of instant community and people that actually are still in my network and still contact me and I still speak to, um, you know, that it was, yeah, it was being part of this exciting movement. And, and I think because I'd had a similar idea, it was a sort of, wow, yeah, I kind of, I was right in that idea. I just didn't need to do it because someone else did it. Um, and I remember looking at it growing and growing and growing and, and having that kind of, wow, I'm, I'm glad I'm not attempting to manage that. Um, and I'm really feeling for you because it, I could see that it was it's huge. Interesting. It's interesting because I heard that a lot. Mm. I, heard, I heard so many people mm. said, I had this idea. I had this yeah. idea, but I, or, or I pulled together a group on LinkedIn, yeah. but I just had activated it offline yet and there's a really interesting piece in um elizabeth gilbert's book big magic all about mm. creativity and she said she has this idea which and it actually happened to her she wrote a book um half a manuscript and abandoned it <laughs> at an author and then a year later i can't remember the other author's name she's a very well-known writer um a year later this other woman actually wrote the book i remember and, that yeah and it's and it she her analogy was there are all these ideas running mm. around mm. and they just have to find the right person and i truly think that mm. linkedin local not just in me mm. but myself and my other co-founders mm. and then with ryan joining mm. us from a technical mm. aspect it did just find the right people at mm. the right time mm. who were willing to yeah. grow that yeah. because had the four of us at the beginning said just start one in your area off you yeah. go yeah. would it have happened yeah. no it was yeah. because we yeah. said mm. if you want help reach out you know mm. or and people came to us because we want to replicate what you're doing and so we yeah. put those mechanisms in place yeah. and I think it was just the right timing yeah lovely well look, Anna I'm going to ask you the three questions I ask every podcast guest so thinking about that period in your life do you think there was a book a film or a piece of music that sort of helped you through the challenges of that time oh good question um I think that there's a book by Susan Pinker called The Village Effect mm -hmm. um which was about face-to-face -face connection and why it matters mm -hmm. um I think that very profoundly affected me at that time. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether it's kind of got me through, mm -hmm. um, but it very much solidified what mm -hmm. I, why I think I realised mm -hmm. the whole face-to-face -face connection, mm -hmm. why that was the whole important part of it. Lovely. 
And um, the second thing is, and this doesn't have to be related to, to the LinkedIn local movement at all, but if you had a tip for people today, something they could either take away and think or take away and do, what would it be? Look, I, I would say just take one day at a time and one small step at a time. Um, they do profoundly add up to little, you know, little tiny steps mm. do add up to what to one long journey mm. um and so many people just don't take that next step or they they they, they just stand still for a little while um mm. so my i guess what i would say is little small steps mm. um lead to somewhere that's lovely i love that little small steps lead to one long journey i think that's lovely i might write that above my desk for those days when you're thinking oh god what am i doing okay and um, if you were standing in front of world leaders today what would your message for them be my message would be around values, which funnily enough, I do a bit of work with World Values Day, the V20, so, <laughs> uh, G, which is about advising the G20. Um, but, yeah, I think values are we, what we did, what we learned with LinkedIn Local was how important values were as a community mm-hmm. and we saw LinkedIn strip them. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. what happened to that community after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, community business Mm. purpose without values Mm. has no value at all Mm. um so what i would say is go back to values (laughs) look at them ruminate on them yes and um implement them Mm. and keep them yes actually do what you say you're going to do yes No, Anna, it's, as always, really lovely to speak to you. And I really appreciate you coming on. I, I really wanted to capture this um, for listeners because it was just such a fantastic thing. And yeah, I think it really did change an awful lot of lives. Um, certainly for me, you know, I certainly have people in my life I wouldn't have had um, had I not um, followed the LinkedIn Local too. So I think it's fantastic. So thank you very much um, for coming on and sharing, um, you know, all of that story. And um, where do people find you now if they would like to get in touch? LinkedIn is where I'm spending most of my time still, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Anna McAfee on every social media platform, but um, the one I check most, most often is LinkedIn. <laughs> Lovely. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Mary. Great to chat. Hi, I'm Mary Williams, as you know, and thank you so much for listening to the Alternative Leader podcast. I search for guests to bring you lessons and learnings that can help move you forward in your life help you achieve the success that you want to in whatever way that shows up for you to help you lead powerfully, whether that's in your own life as your parenting, your personal or your professional and make you the best that you can be. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review it and please share it with as many people as you think also want to move forward and gain success in their lives. If you want to find out more about me, go over to my website, which is www.mary-williams.com. That's www.mary, which is M-A-R-I-Williams.com. And you'll find links to all of my social media profiles there. There's also a Facebook community that you can join. And again, all the links will be on the website too. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day. And thank you so much for listening.